All right, just like to <clears throat> invite everyone to open to John Joshua chapter 9. We've been in Joshua. We have some readers that are going to uh, read actually through part of chapter 10. So this is one of the most interesting stories in all the Bible. The Bible, you know, is a, is it a remarkable book. It's filled with most everything that you can think of, far more than the world has to offer, but it's all, there's, there's much to be in the Word of God, and we trust to learn some lessons today from this interesting lesson. So let's turn to Joshua chapter 9, and our readers will help us. Joshua 9, 1 through 6. And it came to pass when all the kings who were on the side of the Jordan, in the hills and in the lowland, and in all of the coasts of the great sea toward Lebanon, the Hittite, the Amorite, the Canaanite, the Perizzite, the Hivite, and the Jebusite heard about it, that they gathered together to fight with Joshua and Israel with one accord. But when the inhabitants of Gibbon heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and Ai, they worked craftily and went and pretended to be ambassadors. They took old sacks on their donkeys old wineskins torn and mended, old and patched sandals on their feet, and old garments on themselves. And all the bread of their provision was dry and moldy. They went to Joshua, to the camp of Gedal, and said to him and to the men of the Israel, We have come from a far country. Now therefore make a covenant with us. Verse 7, And the men of Israel said unto the Hivites, Peradventure ye dwell among us, and how shall we make a league with you? And they said unto Joshua, We are thy servants. And Joshua said unto them, Who are ye, and from whence come ye? And they said unto him, From a very far country thy servants are come because of the name of the Lord thy God. For we have heard the fame of him and all that he did in Egypt. And all that he did to the two kings of the Amorites that were beyond Jordan, to Sihon, king of Heshbon, and to Og, king of Bashan, which was at Ashtaroth. Wherefore, our elders and all the inhabitants of our country spake to us, saying, Take victuals with you for the journey, and go to meet them. And they said unto them, We are your servants, therefore now make, us, make ye a league with us. This our bread we took hot, for our provision out of our houses, and on the day we came forth to go unto you. But now, behold, it, it is dry and it is moldy. Uh, verse 13. And these bottles of wine which we filled were new, and behold, they be rent. And these are garments of our shoes are become old by reason of the very long journey. And the men took of their victuals and asked, not uh, counsel of the mouth of the Lord and Joshua made peace with them and made a league with them to let them live and the princes of the congregation swear unto them and it came to pass at the end of three days after they had made a league with them that they heard that they were not that they were uh, uh, their neighbors and that they dwelt among them and the children of Israel journeyed and came unto their cities uh, on the third day, and their cities were uh, Gibeon, uh, Chephirah, and Berath, and Ker-Jarim. 
And the children of Israel uh, smote them not, because the prince of the congregation had sworn unto them by the Lord of the of God of Israel, and all congregations murmured against the princes. Verse 19. Then all the rulers said to all the congregation, We have sworn to them by the Lord God of Israel. Now therefore we may not touch them. This we, do, we will do to them. We will let them live, lest wrath be upon us, because of the oath which we were sworn to them. And the rulers said to them, Let them live, but, then, and, but let them be woodcutters and water carriers for all the congregation, as the rulers had promised them. Then Joshua called for them, and he spoke to them, saying, why have you deceived us, saying, We are very far from you, when you dwell near us? Now therefore you are cursed, and none of you shall be freed from being slaves, woodcutters and water carriers for the house of my God. So they answered Joshua and said, Because your servants were clearly told that the Lord your God commanded his servants Moses to give you all the land and destroy all the inhabitants of the land from before you, therefore we were very much afraid for our lives because of you and have done this thing. Verse 25 And now behold we are in your hand whatever seems good and right in your sight do to us. So he did this to them and delivered them out of the hand of the people of Israel and they did not kill him. But Joshua made them that day cut us of wood and draw us of water for the congregation and for the altar of the Lord to this day in the place that he should choose. As soon as Adonizedek, king of Jerusalem, heard how Joshua had captured Ai and had devoted it to the destruction, doing to Ai to his king, as he had done the Jericho and to its king. And now the inhabitants of Gibeon had made peace with Israel and were among them. He feared greatly because Gibeon had, was a great city, like one of the royal cities, and because it was greater than I, and all of his men were warriors. So Adonizedak, king of Jerusalem, sent to Hoam, king of Hebron, to Piram, king of Jermuth, to Jephiah, king of Lashis, and to Deber, king of Eglon, saying, Come up to me and help me, that we may attack Gibeon, for it has made peace with Joshua and with the children of Israel. Therefore the five kings of the Amorites, the kings, the king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, the king of Jeremoth, the king of Lachish, and the king of Eglon gathered together and went up, uh, they and all their armies, and camped before Gibeon and made war against it. And the men of Gibeon sent to Joshua at the camp of Gilgal, saying, Do not forsake your servants. Come up to us quickly, save us and help us. <clears throat> for the king, for the kings of the Amorites who dwell in the mountains have gathered together against us. So Joshua ascended from Gilgal, he and all the people of war with him and the mighty men of valor. And the Lord said to Joshua, Do not fear them, for I have delivered them into your hand. Not a man of them shall stand before you. Verse 9. After an all-night march from Gilgal, Joshua took them by surprise. The Lord threw them into confusion before Israel. So Joshua and the Israelites defeated them completely as Gibeon, Israel, um, pursued them along the road, 
going up to Beth Haran and cut them down all the way to Azekah and Mekedah. As they fled before Israel on the road down from Beth Haran to Azekah, the Lord hurled large hailstones down on them, and more of them died from the hail than were killed by the swords of the Israelites. On the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel, Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel, Sun, stand still over Gideon, and you, moon, over the valley of Aon. So the sun stood still, and the moon stopped, till the nation avenged itself on its enemies. And it is written in the book of Jashar, The sun stopped in the middle of the sky, and delayed going down about a full day. There has never been a day like it before or since, a day when the Lord listened to a human being. Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. Then Joshua returned with all Israel to the camp of Gilgal. Well, how about that for a story? I think that's pretty remarkable, don't you? Wow. I, I, and, and, you know, it's quarter to twelve. So let's, let, hopefully we can just set our uh, mental clocks to allow just a few extra minutes to cover this because this is a remarkable story and I trust we'll benefit from it. Now, I forgot the clicker. If you can get started on the first one there and I, I didn't bring it, uh, or you'll do it for me. How about that? If I remember what they are. Okay, who are the Gibeonites? We trust to establish that. Why are they in the Bible? And what lessons can we learn from them? <clears throat> First of all, I don't know what comes to your mind when you think of Gibeonites. Perhaps you don't know who they are. Well, they're, they're identified in here. The land that they lived in was full of ites. And these ites, God had said He'd had enough. 400 years He allowed these ites, right? And they were just one of the ites that God had said their sin and iniquity He would allow so much, so long, and no longer. And then He would use Joshua and the children of Israel to come in and to exterminate all the ites out of the land. Sin is serious. Now, we're going to see in this story today about responses like, what do they do with what they hear? How does a person respond? How do you respond with what you hear? Well, let's, we're, we trust to answer all of these questions as we go through. So, let's see. Oh, and I should mention... Uh, yeah, you can keep it there. I should mention, we're going to look at this story uh, probably not in the, in the common way that is looked at. Because what happens here is you've got these people that are under judgment, the Gibeonites. They are Hivites. It's, they're later... Uh, uh, further clarified. Now, they're under the judgment of God, and they deserve it. They deserve the judgment of God. But what happened is the people of God, Joshua and the people of God, did not ask counsel when they came with their fraudish activity, we're going to see. Now, typically, when one looks at this story, I think that's the position that where the angle that we look at it is that the people of God blew it. And they did. They didn't ask counsel of the Lord. We read it today in Joshua chapter 9. But we're going to look at it this morning from the other side, from the other end, from the Gibeonites' 
sense. The gospel sense of the salvation. How do you react when you're under judgment and you recognize that God is bringing down His wrath upon you? Well, what did they do? We trust to learn. Now, listen to what happened here. All the kings we read in verse number 1. All of these kings, they were gathered together with one accord to fight. When they heard, look at what it says, when they heard about what had happened. Verse number 1. They gathered together to fight with Joshua. Now, I wonder, if you know, and if I know that the wrath of God is coming on us, how do we respond? Well, these people, these ites, they commanded, they gathered together to fight against God. That's what they did. But, there's a contrast to that. In verse number 3, And when the inhabitants, do I have a slide for that? And when the inhabitants, yes, of Gibeon heard, right? When they heard, Look at, what, look at the, the example. Look at the contrast of what they heard and what they heard. Let me just pause and say right here. You remember that when the Lord told the story of the Lazarus and rich man, and He said, well, the rich man, he was so distraught, he was to be forever consigned in the lake of fire. And he had all of a sudden he remembers, I never repented, maybe my brothers will repent. Send Lazarus to them. When they hear, they'll repent. You know what the Lord said to them? They have the Word of God. Let them hear it. How do you react and how do I react to hearing the Word of God? One day, every single one of us is going to stand before our Maker. What book is He going to open? I suggest to you, it's this book. We all as individuals hear the Word of God. What did the Gibeonites do? Well, instead of using their weapons, they used their wits. And they went to Joshua. They did... I think, do I have something else on there? No. They did. They worked craftily. Did you hit the button? And, ah, yes, these frauds. They lied. Now, listen. When we look at this from the Gospel sense, we're not for one second condoning deception. These are raw heathens that are under the judgment of God. We are not condoning lying or deception. You know, there's a lot of parallels between Rahab and the Gibeonites in the Bible. Just a few. Remember Rahab, she told a little story too, didn't she? Oh, the men, I don't know where they are. They came into my place. I don't know where they are. Both came as sinners Both were willing to risk their previous association and align themselves with the God of Israel. Remarkable, isn't it? And both have a rich history afterwards. Now, we're familiar, I think, in part with Rahab, right? She made it into the honor roll of the faithful, Hebrews chapter 11. By the way, I hope all of us are aiming that way too. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Rahab exercised that faith when she heard what had happened and she cast herself upon Joshua and Jehovah. And so did the Gibeonites. But the way they went about it was craftily, deceitfully. And they pretended to be something they weren't. They came with old shoes, they on their feet, with old tattered garments, with moldy bread. And they went and they said, we're from a far country. Now, you might ask, why? Why on earth would they do something like that? 
Well, we're going to learn later, and I know we'll touch on it, but I just can't wait to point it out. Not only did they hear what God had done in the past to the kings, but it says in verse, later on in the chapter, in verse 24, it was certainly told your servants about Moses. And what did they hear about Moses? Well, if you were to turn back to Deuteronomy, the last book of the Torah, this is what Jehovah says to Moses and to the people of Israel. When you come to a city to fight against it, proclaim peace. And it shall be, if it gives you an answer of peace, uh, all the people that are found therein shall serve you. And if it will make no peace with you, you shall make war against it. Let me just skip a few verses. And this you will do to the cities that are far off from you. But all those cities that are near, the wrath of God would fall on them. Now, if they were a city that was far off, they could be spared. How did the Gibeonites hear the Word of God? I don't know. But it says, It was certainly told thy servants how that the Lord thy God commanded His servants Moses. Somehow they heard that there was a loophole, a way out, so they came in their deception. Pretended to be something they weren't. What did Joshua do? He didn't ask counsel of the Lord, but he made peace with them. Verse number 15, he made peace with them to let them live. In other words, their deliverance, their salvation from the judgment of God, yes, just their physical salvation, I understand that, was rendered because of the fact that Joshua made peace with them. Now, this is going to be an important part of our lesson today. Joshua made peace with them. It's going to be brought up in a number of places. Joshua made them woodcutters and water carriers unto this day, the verse says later in, in chapter number 9. He says, Now therefore... You are cursed. There shall none of you be freed from being bondmen and hewers of wood and drawers of water for the house of my God. That's what they were cursed to, was being servants in the house of the living God. <laughs> now, you've got to admit, it's far better than being exterminated by the living God. They were cursed to be hewers of wood and drawers of water. And notice it says in verse number two, uh, 1 of chapter 10 and verse number 4 of chapter 10, Joshua made peace. Now, it's interesting here. Remember at the first slide, all the other ites of the country that was under the judgment of God, they gathered to fight against God. But... One nation, the, the, the Hivites of Gibeon, the Gibeonites who were termed Hivites, it says later on, there was not a city that made peace with the children of Israel except the Hivites, the inhabitants of Gibeon, all other they took in battle. So there was this one people group 
who through their deception, through their fraud, they came and they made peace with the living God who had put all the land, except those lands that were far off, under judgment. But they made peace with Joshua. Joshua made peace. Let's go on to the next one. The world has its symbols of peace, right? And really, it's one of the things that every human being desires. Inner peace. Inner peace. But we're here to to gather from this lesson and from later in the New Testament that there was a, a greater than Joshua. I think most of us are aware that Jesus, Joshua, the same in, in, in language. In fact, if you have a King James Bible, Joshua is translated Jesus in Hebrews. There was one, Joshua made peace with the Gibeonites, with the Hivites that were under judgment. But God, we read, hath sent forth Jesus of Nazareth, preaching peace through Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. And He came and preached peace to you that were afar off and to those that were near. A remarkable lesson. I I, I trust we'll get a hold of this. There's a lot of similarities between Joshua and Ephesians. But our Joshua came, thank the Lord, though we were under the judgment of God, He came and preached peace to you, those who were far off, and to those that were near. Go to the next one. Now, this is remarkable because the future of this group that is now under the protection of God, the word came that they were being sought after. They were going to be destroyed because the other nations were were upset at them. And by the way, this was not a, 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 a flimsy a weak need nation. It says they were. They, it was the mighty city, and so what happened is the nations gathered against the Gibeonites. It says in chapter number ten, and they were going to do battle and destroy them because why? They made peace with the living God. But guess what? We have our first clue, I believe. One of the first clues as to how now God was on their side. Again, we're not condoning the deception and the lying. But God was on their side because when the battle took place, we read that the Lord Himself from heaven, He cast down large hailstones, and it says that more were slain by the hailstones than by the sword and the weapons of Joshua. The Lord would fight for this People. They had come and they had what? Made peace with the living God. And if that's not enough, the battle wore on into the day. Night was coming on, right? They didn't have the incandescent, fluorescent, whatever lights that we have today. And look at what Joshua did. He wanted to finish the battle. Joshua spoke to the Lord, and the Lord delivered them. But Joshua stands in the sight of the living God. He says, Son, stand still over Gibeon, the valley of Ajalon. Stand still. Guess what? God responded to Joshua. 
The sun stood still, the moon stayed until the people had avenged themselves upon their enemy. Is this not written in the book of Jasher? So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven and hasted not to go down about a whole day. And there was no day like it. And I think here is the real miracle. Yes, it's a mighty miracle. I don't know how God did it. Remember, God is Creator. He can do what He wants with His creation. How did God do it? Did, did, did the glory of God give them light? I don't know. But the Word of God... You know, there's a lot of scoffers in the world. Yeah, they say, a man inside a fish. <laughs> and they'll scoff. They'll make you feel this big. You believe the Bible? <laughs> it's up to each of us, isn't it? Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the Word of God. By the way, you know, if you deny, if you scoff at Jonah inside a fish, you're going to take it up with the judge of all the earth because he spoke of Jonah. And he likened himself to Jonah. The mighty miracle here was not so much that the sun stood still, but the Lord hearkened to the voice of a man. Heavens, the heavens were altered because of this man. Oh, and now we're beginning to see, a, see a, some light, right? Because our Joshua, <laughs> talk about the heavens being altered because of a man. How is it that God could allow guilty, vile, and helpless sinners into His heaven? Is it possible for frauds to come to faith? I tell you on the authority of the Word of God, it is. And because the sinless Savior came down, the voice of a man, the Lord hearkened to His voice. Can I tell you one instance where it happened? We read here in the passage that the sun stood still. S-U-N. There was once a man couldn't see. But he heard the commotion. Jesus of Nazareth passing by. All of a sudden, he raises his voice. Jesus of Nazareth, have mercy on me can't see. You know what the Bible says? The sun stood, sun stood still. The S-O-N. The sun stood still. You think that's a miracle? The sun stood still for a blind man. And his sight was restored. That's a much greater miracle. And you know, those miracles still happen today. Can you imagine that you and I can call upon the name of the Lord, though we were once frauds and deceivers and liars. We know what Titus 3.5 says. You were once foolish and disobedient and deceived. But after the kindness and love of God toward man appeared, right? Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy. And that's what these Gibeonites got. They got mercy. Some say, well, God didn't mean, oh, now God's going to have to turn His back. He didn't really mean to save these Gibeonites. I tell you, He did. I tell you, He did. How do I know that? I believe the Scripture bears out because of their history. There's so many things in the Word of God that prove to us that God was on the side of these Gibeonites. Later on, and, 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 and Samuel, Saul tried to kill the Gibeonites. He did kill the Gibeonites and they were judged. The whole nation was judged because they killed Gibeonites. 
you find that the ark itself, the dwelling place, the symbolic dwelling place of God was held of all place at Gibeon. Guess who was participating in the rebuilding of the broken down wall of Jerusalem? Gibeonites. Guess who some of David's mighty men are? Ones that were loyal to this rejected king. Guess who? Gibeonites. It's never said that I'm aware of. Now, maybe you can challenge on this. It's never said that I'm aware of that any of the Gibeonites in the future ever betrayed the trust or enticed Israel into idolatry. These idolaters... Right? Now, they're cursed and exposed to the living God in His service. God is able to turn a curse into a blessing, isn't He? He's done it for you and He's done it for me if you know the Lord Jesus as Savior. It is possible that frauds can be converted. Imagine these poor Gibeonites. Now they're cursed to perpetual service to Jehovah. And you and I, if we've come to personal faith and trust in the Lord Jesus, we have been called out of darkness because our Joshua has come to preach peace to them that were afar off and to them that were near. And we've responded. How do you respond? How do I respond when you hear the Word of God? So who are the Gibeonites? They are Hivites under the judgment of God. God had declared that all the ites of the land, remember 400 years before, to Abraham He said, the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. God is very patient and long-suffering for those of us that are under His judgment. Why are they in the Bible? I believe to demonstrate the abounding grace of God. Listen, I think most of us are familiar with a a Bible character like Ruth, right? Ruth. Ruth was a Moabite. God had declared that no Moabite shall come into the congregation of Israel to the tenth generation. Ruth is in the lineage of the Savior. I trust that we'll see that in this lesson today, why are they in the Bible? To demonstrate the abounding grace of God. And what lessons can you and I learn from them? Well, they heard God's Word. And they heard what God had done. And they responded. Can I suggest to you that the vast majority of the seven billion people on planet earth day in and day out they hear the word of God I was talking to one a week ago I trust we all have the same privilege and I believe the Lord is is trying to reach him talk about a Gibeonite this uh, you know some of our people we rub shoulders with every day they can be a rough sort just like the Gibeonites But he recognized 
and stated, I would be a Christian. I would be a Christian. Because he sees all of the, the I mean, of all the things he named that were kind of Christian views, all the anti Semitism, all the, 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 uh, the, the uh, moral filth of the world. He recognized all of this. He said, I don't want to become a Christian because I don't want to be a hypocrite. As if he would have to be responsible solely. Those of us that know Christ as Savior, just like the Gibeonites that have brought into this uh, the mercy of God and, and, and be partakers of, of, of His deliverance, they learned. There was a maturing, wasn't there? I believe we can make a case from what we've looked at just briefly that yes, they lied. They were frauds. There's no question. But maturity would follow after. Perhaps there was this rough elementary faith that they exercised. They heard the Word of God and they responded. And I trust it will help you and help me as we go out in the world. Sometimes we look at people and we say, that foul-mouthed moral scum, you telling me that he, God, could save him? That's the mindset that we get sometimes, we who have been washed in the blood, you know, and we're, we're righteous and we're made righteous by, by God. And we look at people and we say, You've heard the story, haven't you, of one of the royalties in, in England that had the, the coach driver that was a true born-again believer and witnessed to, to the... I don't know if it was the queen or who. But she recognized after a while, if I have to lower myself and become like him and become a believer, Christianity is not for me. Sometimes we get the sense, you know, because we're something more than we think we are. Surely the grace of God won't reach that individual. Some of you work with people like that, right? I do. Some of you have neighbors like that. A neighbor, you know, throws his garbage over my fence. He drives over my lilies. I'll give him a piece of my mind. I won't give him the gospel, but I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. Can I recognize through the Gibeonites that frauds can be come to faith? I trust we can see that. And maturity will follow later as they grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord. You know, some of us have a long way to go, right? God has saved us and called us to Himself. You know, I will just close with this. I've been impressed this past week with the fact that we, if you know the Savior, so many verses in the Scripture are dedicated to our maturing. Cast off the works of darkness. Put away lying. All of these things that are inbred into us that misrepresent God when I'm standing before the, the lost. These things need to be addressed. That's maturing in the Lord. But recognizing that God can save frauds, deceivers, liars, and bring them unto Himself. Thank the Lord for our Joshua that came and preached peace to those that were afar off and to those that were near. And we can respond to Him and recognize that others still need to Come into the fold. The Lord Jesus said, other sheep, right?
Other sheep I have, them also I must bring. Where are they? Where are those other sheep? Is it my coworker? Is it my neighbor? Is it my family member? That one that never has any, anything much, wants nothing to do with God or, or Jesus or the Bible. Is it possible? Sometimes we tend to look down on him. No way. Turn my face. Walk away. And then maybe the Lord will use somebody else to reach them. He didn't use them, the Israelites. But he did save them. Brought them into his presence. Thank the Lord for that. Our Father, we're thankful this morning for this a number of lessons that we can learn from the Gibeonites. We just pray that our hearts, our conduct will be changed as we consider our responsibility who know the Savior, who, who Jesus, Joshua, has come to preach to us the way of peace. He made peace by the blood of His cross. We don't have to acknowledge or, or come into the, the, uh, the, the, manner, the, the mannerisms of the world and their peace. We think of all the supposed peacemakers of the world that want nothing to do with the living and true God. Many have stood up and proclaimed their peace. Have quite a following, but we thank You that we can turn from such and turn to the One who alone can save us. Oh God, we thank You that You came and preached peace by Jesus Christ our Lord and that we can respond to Your grace and come into Your great salvation and grow in the grace and knowledge of Him. We thank You and ask Your blessing on the Word shared. May the Spirit of God speak to our hearts today. In the name of the Lord Jesus, Amen.